Welcome to the Radical Remission Project Stories That Heal podcast. My name is Kelly A. Turner, and I'm a PhD cancer researcher, New York Times bestselling author of Radical Remission and Radical Hope, and the founder of the Radical Remission Project. In this podcast, it is our honor to bring you inspiring healing stories directly from radical remission survivors themselves, as well as from the amazing doctors and healers they work with. Hello, and welcome to the Stories That Heal podcast. This is Liz Curran, and today I am excited to welcome our radical remission survivor, Chuck Keels. Chuck Keels was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer in May of 2015. His diagnosis was a surprise because Chuck was fit, healthy, and strong. He has an amazing story of a divine interaction as part of his healing story. Chuck is a published author, TEDx speaker, 700 Club interviewee, and the world's best hugger. He is the founder of Living Hope Cancer Foundation, where positive mindset coaching is his primary focus. Chuck owns the rights to Get Up and Live, and you can find his website at getupandlive.org. Hi, Chuck, and welcome to Stories That Heal. We are thrilled to have you on our show today as a special guest. I I I well I want to thank you and I don't want to start this with a joke but you know when people say it's good to be here it's really after stage <laughs> 4 cancer it's really good to be here. Exactly. Oh, it's so so nice to to have you here to share your story. This is a little bit of a different one than we're we're used to sharing. So I'm very excited. I'm going to just have us jump right in. There's going to be a lot to cover. And um can we just start out why don't you start out by sharing with us all about how you were diagnosed and the impact that it had in um, at that stage of your life. Okay, so I um, I'm, I'm a single dad, two boys. Um, I have a lands I had a landscaping business. Um, I designed landscaping and swimming pools for the last 20 years here in uh, the Phoenix Valley and a little bit in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I was busy and I liked my job and uh, I, I, I didn't, I, I liked my job. I didn't love it. I liked it, but I did love the people I worked with. So I knew that was something to that. And um, I basically started getting tired and I'm not a tired guy. I'm, I'm, I'm usually a guy that goes 110 miles an hour all day long. And then when I hit the bed at night, I sleep like a baby. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. through the day, I was getting tired. And then I was starting to feel an, an ache and a pain. And, and and with this, you know, I have something that I call the male mentality. We keep putting stuff off saying, oh, I'll be okay tomorrow. And the next day it was worse and worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point where I was actually having trouble carrying my briefcase into the office. Um, it just, the, the, the pain through my spine and, and through my body. Um, I, I started losing weight. I mean, everything was just so weird. And, 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 and I know people talk about, you know, um, early recognition and how important that is. It's so huge because I let it go for so long that, you know, I ended up in a, in a hospital ER saying, I need to find out what's going on with my body. And the diagnosis came back stage four prostate cancer. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's intense, right? It's, it slows slowly approaches and you know people people kind of take things in stride and they can push things off a little bit and then all of a sudden you get to the point where you're you know something in your body is screaming for help and you're forced to take a look at it so uh, so what happened at that point so oh my gosh you know your head starts spinning um you know the if it wasn't a diagnosis like we're going to do surgery or we're going to start treatment or we're going to do that 
it was so bad that it had got out of my prostate and it goes to where it's fed. So it got in the bone marrow and the lymph nodes. And so I wasn't just now with prostate cancer, I had bone cancer and I had, you know, fragile bones and I had all these things happening. So I didn't get that, that, that conversation with a doctor of, okay, what's our plan? What are we going to do next? You know, we're going to start chemo radiation on an oral product, or are we going, you know, whatever it might be it was too late. I was, I was a mess and there was cancer. Uh, the nuclear bone scan said I had cancer in 90% of the bones in my body. And so, um, what happens then is the, like I said, your head starts spinning because you're thinking through this, like what is going on and what just happened. And there's something that I think is so important about us having this conversation right now that people are going to be able to listen into is, is, is you don't plan for this. You don't plan for a cancer diagnosis. No one does. And all of a sudden you're diagnosed with cancer or somebody you love is diagnosed with cancer and the world just changes. Mm -hmm. It's very surreal. That's exactly what happened to me was being a single dad. My boys were, you know, uh, one was in junior high, one was in high school. You know, I, I haven't completed not only raising my boys and making them the young man, turning them into the young men that I had vision, but all the other accomplishments in my life that I had with my career and things like that. Um, I was sitting there, my head was spinning because it was like, what if this is a short journey? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously a lot happened between then and now. And I will kind of open the floor for you to share that part of your story because, you know, Chuck and I have met a few years ago now and um, had a, a really, I had my first conversation with him was very fascinating. So I can't wait to share it with the audience. So I'll, I'll let you kind of keep going. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. And uh, sometimes I pinch myself like this really happened to me. Yeah. Um, but um, the plan was just to get my boys back to Ohio from Phoenix, Arizona, because I was melting away. And I said, you know, my family in Ohio can take care of them once I get there. And 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 so um, what happened was the day we were supposed to fly out of Phoenix Sky Harbor um, on the way down towards the airport, um, I actually suffer a compression fracture. My spine actually broken two different places and I can't even move or breathe. And so an ambulance rushes me to a hospital in central Phoenix. And at that hospital, they said, we want to do some of our own own scans. And, you know, this is kind of interesting too. I didn't find this out until actually this year. Uh, my, my, my oncologist, my cancer doctor, she's a rock star and I love her and she's a little fire plug and a fighter. Mm-hmm. And you're not just another number coming in the door and out the back door after right. your treatment. She, she really gets into things. And she says, you know, Chuck, I don't know if you ever heard this before, but I wasn't even supposed to be at that hospital that day. The day that I ended up there, really? she got called in on another call and somebody said, hey, Dr. Ahmad's here. Um, let's call her in. And they told her there's somebody in the ER with a you know, collapsed spine uh, due to cancer. And I didn't even know she wasn't even supposed to be there that day. So boy, when the, wow. the stars line up, they line up, right? Yeah. And um, so um, they run their own scans and tests. They bring in two spinal surgeons and tell me that the... Uh, the what happened was um i suffered a compression fracture my 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 bones were starting to be, be fragile and and so and so what happened was um um two spinal surgeons were brought in a house doctor the cancer doctor so i have the medical team and this little medical team what they started doing was all these tests and scans and came back and said we want to fight this 
Mm. So at my original hospital where I ended up in the ER and then through a cancer clinic on that side of town said, it's so bad that the medical industry, there's nothing we can do about it. So, you know, go home, not only go home, but I had two hospice nurses show up at my house. So I was in hospice in 2015, guys. So when you think, boy, it's a dead end or it's a, you know, this is, this is, you know, the last chapter, um, maybe the story might give you a little bit of hope to like, hey, you know what, you know, mindset and positive positive fighting is is everything um so um they actually um decided to do a couple emergency surgeries um which i was taken into the next day i remember every bit of it and by this time they also had me drugged up on some like liquid morphine and stuff because they were trying to get me to ohio i was going to get on an airplane and so um yeah i i could feel the pain but not as much of the pain Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, went through the surgeries and uh, was um, awake in the um, recovery room at this hospital, John C. Lincoln Hospital, Central Phoenix. And um, basically, the docs came in that did the surgeries and said they went perfectly and that how what my follow-up was going to look like once I left that hospital. Um, the nurses brought me water and said my family was upstairs waiting for me, so it would just be a few more minutes until I was upstairs. And as I'm laying there, head still spinning, you know, 50 years old, um, you know, stage four cancer, what does all this mean? And for no reason at all, the room turns weird cold, weird cold. And I shrivel up and I'm like, you know, what is this? And I look down at these double doors at the end of the room thinking somebody left the doors open, the cold air is coming through and the doors are shut. And so then from there, what happened was I panned back to my left. And there was somebody standing there and I'm thinking, it's a doctor, it's a nurse. And the person standing there reaches out and touches my shoulder. And in my head, I hear, you're in the, pre- you're in the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I look up again and he's gone. So just a couple seconds of my life, depending, you know, com- you know, from what happened in my head, I was in the presence of Jesus and I was just flipping out because um, I hadn't been to church in like 15 or 20 years. And I was like, <laughs> Why would this happen to me? You know, why would this yeah. happen to me? And and so um, some really interesting things happened that day. Um, the One of the biggest things was the nurses came into my room once I was up there and they said, okay, it's time for your, your medication. Um, your um, Here's your steroids for shrinking tumors. Here's your bone strengtheners. And they're going through the whole line, handing me the little white, you know, cups with the pills in them. And I'm, ch- and I'm throwing them back with some water. And then they say, your pain meds are as needed. So on a scale from one to 10, how bad's your pain with 10 being the worst? And I look at them and I'm kind of analyzing my body and thinking about this. And I'm like, I I don't, I don't feel any pain. Mm, And they're kind of like, Hey buddy, you just um, broke your back and had surgery order something. Uh, And that morning was on liquid morphine. So, you know, for the, pain threshold to just stop was just unheard of, especially in the medical, in the medical industry, and especially everybody in there knew what I had been going through. And then I had surgery. And um, yeah, and I just said, you know what, I, I don't even like taking aspirin. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a pill popper. So um, I, I said, the, le- the last thing I want to do is order drugs if I don't need them. And they handed me the nurse call button. And they said, um, when it comes back and it will, hit the button and we'll get in and we'll, we'll get you started on something. Yeah. And from May 26, 2015, I never had it. I never experienced any more pain. I never wow. took any medication. So you so, had pain that morning before the oh, interaction. Yeah. 
couldn't breathe good, couldn't move good. Uh, the pain was just kind of numbing me up. Yeah. Um, and 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 went through um, a divine experience, um, and the pain stopped. And um, the from there, it just was like a head spinning, like one thing after the next. Um, the you know they they moved me from from that hospital to a Mayo Clinic for three weeks. And Mayo Clinic, I was um, going, started my chemo and the chemo was just flooring me. Um, I was the guy that got every side effect you could think of, mm. like two to three days in bed after the chemo. And I tried to get up and walk across the room and barely made it back to the bed. Um, it burnt the lining of my throat and my mouth, you know? I mean, I just, I had the craziest side effects from chemo. And then after three weeks at Mayo Clinic, they did get me back home. And still the same same thing though. But here was here here's what I here's what I did. I actually on the days that I felt good, you know, the days I could get out of bed, I'd put on my walking shoes and go out the door. Yeah, I'd, I'd walk down to the swimming pool and get in and stretch. I'd go to the park and walk a lap, which was a mile. I pushed myself on the good days as hard as I could because I didn't know how many good days I was going to have because the next round of chemo was coming up. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's so fascinating. And so many um, people are going to be excited to hear about that type of healing, because it's not something that uh, you hear about every day, right? It's right. It's really and, you special. Know, I want to, there's something I want to add, because I deal with so many people now with my with my coaching um, foundation. Um, and I've heard this story. And when I hear it, I just smile. When when you're, you know, when you talk to a cancer patient, and they say, for some reason in my mind, I just felt like I'm going to get through this. Yes. I was in the hospital and I, and I was walking the floors in the hospital. And for some reason, I don't know why I said, I'm, I'm going to make it through this. Yeah. It's and you hadn't felt that way before the interaction, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. That, what an amazing sense of peace and hope and just to be able to embody that. I mean, we, it, from the radical remission perspective, not everybody has that kind of interaction, obviously. So we do talk about that, that, feeling inside of that inner knowing as they're following their intuition and really connecting with something, you know, that spiritual side, something greater than themselves that allows them to believe that they're going to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think a big, you know, this is important that we're talking about this right now, because I think that positive mindset, that something in your mindset, like, I'm going to fight, I'm going to get through this, Man, when you start that route right there, get out of the way. Get out of the yes. way. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we often talk about kind of increasing your positive emotions or what can you do in your day to to stimulate that part of your brain so that it floods your system with immune boosting hormones. But, you know, I always find it fascinating when you, you know, you look at research that says, you know, if you smile, the muscles in your face indicates your brain that it's happy. So you can kind of right. fake it till you make it. Yeah. Um, just oh, yeah. Really, oh, yeah. really cool. Even if you learn. just tell yourself, tell yourself, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to be happy today, no matter what, no matter what. Even if I get a bad scan, I'm going to be happy today. You, your brain just told every every cell in your body it's going to be happy. So some amazing things start to happen. And I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I love um, as, you know, as the science continues, people are constantly researching things like that and positive psychology and different pieces of healing. And I can't wait to see that become more commonly accepted from a healing perspective. 
Well, it's gr it's growing right now. You know, yeah. it, it's a lot due to um, you and what you do, you know, and podcasts like this and social media that um, people are getting more educated and they're finding things out. And it's not the old school of just going to a doctor, getting one, you know, one diagnosis and going home and going, this is what I got to do. Right. Now we're researching things. Now we're finding out things. Now we're finding the power of the mind and what it what it can do to the human body. And you guys, I mean, we we learned this back when I was a kid, a young man in school going into like a sales class was if you believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> yes. Know, how, cool, how cool is that? Yes. And, you know, it, it would be nice for our audience to even just hear, you know, you had this beautiful interaction that inspired this hope that maybe wasn't there before, but you don't need to have something that grand occur to you to believe and to have that mindset and take the opportunity to keep moving that mindset towards that positive side and reinventing your emotional state. It's exactly why this podcast is so important. Yeah. This might be the reason why somebody goes, hmm, man, let me think about this now. I'm trying to fight and I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing everything everybody's telling me to do. Um, you know, all of a sudden they sit, they're sitting here right now watching this podcast and they're like, wow, wow. How can I get my brain into that place of I'm going to fight and I'm going to win this battle? Right, exactly. So how did you go from... You know, you had that interaction, you were then doing some chemotherapy, you said your body was, you know, obviously really being affected by it. So how did you use those kind of healing modalities or lifestyle changes to bring yourself back to, um, we'll get to this part, but the very active person that you are today? Well, I mean, there's always that doubt that kept dropping of, you know, is this going to be a short journey? You know, it's cancer, what's going on in my body, all these things. And um, I, I, I really think that the mind over matter, um, you know, properties of, of, I went to the gym and I, I, cause I was a gym rat my entire life, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I pull up at the gym, I'm down 40 pounds. I look terrible. I was going through chemo. I pull up at the gym. Who goes to the gym when they're going through chemotherapy and cancer? I pull, up at, I pull up at the gym. I'm sitting in the parking lot and 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 I start getting this little this little devil in my mind, like, you're wasting your time. What are you doing? And I told myself, get your butt in there, in there. Yes. And I went in there and instead of putting the pin under the entire stack and and moving the whole stack, I would put the pin under the top plate. And I would move it and I went through my entire workout and I had a smile on my face because I said, I'm here. I'm right. here. I just because I was at the gym, it didn't have to be going after goals or going after anything else beside the simple fact that I'm celebrating life. Yeah. You showed you know? up. And I showed up. And so the mind over matter um, became um, huge in my personal journey of pushing through, okay, what's next? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Get off the couch, get out of the bed, get out of the house, go for a walk, stretch, get on the floor, do a sound healing class, do a, you know, do, do a controlled breathing class. I was doing these things never in a million years thinking that someday I might be coaching other people <laughs> to do the same thing. Right. And, um, and, and, yeah. as, and as amazing as it sounds, that's exactly what I do now. And so many great lessons that you, you know, you learned from implementing your own self uh, for your own self into stuff that you can now share with your clients and people that, you know, cross your path every day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
Very good. Well, tell me this. How have your relationships with your closest uh, family members and friends changed since either maybe not so much the diagnosis, but even since the healing? Wow. I mean, I it's 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 not just friends and family, but it's new people that are bringing in my life right now. Um, sit there and look at my pictures and my scans. And they're like, what? It, this is an unbelievable story. This is a, this is, un, you know, this is, this is, this is pretty amazing. Um, so it's not just friends and family. It's everybody around me um, that understand. And, 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 and you know why, I mean, cancer's a, cancer's a sentence, cancer's a killer, you know, um, they see this story. And one of the things that I love to tell people is cancer is a situation, not a sentence. Mm, how to mm-hmm. handle it um so yeah i mean it's it's friends and family but it's 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 everybody around me that are just like stage four that's just you know there's not a lot of, a lot of you guys still walking around out there um and um but really you know through my journeys and because i'm dealing with cancer patients now um i hear more stage four um survivors than i could ever imagine there's actually a lot more than you think out there Yes. And that's why we do this podcast, because we want people to constantly keep hearing that late stage cancer does is not a death sentence. As you said, it's it's a situation, it's circumstances, it's something that, yes, you need to address, but it doesn't mean that it equals that you're not going to be here. And, yeah. you know, I it, love stories like huge. yours. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. Because what happens the further and further you get into treatments and broken bones and surgeries and downtimes and bedridden for two, three, four months because of something happened, the brain is just jacking you up, man. It's like, you know, <laughs> big bummer, big bummer, big bummer. Sure. And what if it's like, hey, this is temporary. Right. This, this is temporary. I'm going to recover. I'm going to fight through this. That's what, you know, that's what the coaching, that's what you do. That's what I do. That's why these things are so important is because the mind continues to fluctuate. So why not fluctuate in a positive mode? Why not fluctuate in that direction? Why not fluctuate? This is temporary. Why not? I'm going to fight this no matter what. And you know what happens through this whole journey? The quality of life that you acquire, the quality of life that you acquire while you're going through this is unbelievable i've had people ask me when i was going through my journey they're like you don't look like you're going through cancer mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't i don't act like i'm going through cancer i mean i got to go get a treatment it might kick my butt for a couple of days but you're going to see me in the pool or you're going to see me at the park or you're going to see me at the gym or you're going to you know whatever it may be um the quality of life completely changes when you get that mindset right yeah yes you show up at the gym in between chemo sessions <laughs> I love that you did that. That's great. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about. I want to talk about Hannah, um, Chuck, and his uh, his former wife. His wife passed away a year ago. She and he were really a beautiful, beautiful couple. If you've seen them on social media, you'll you'll see a beautiful love story. Um, but two, as you posed yourself, two stage four cancer um, survivors, and did a lot of beautiful um, sharing it to the world. Really. And I just want to check in with you on that. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about um, your trip across the country. Yeah. So, you know, when I say, you know, I tell them my story and then I, and then they find out my wife passed away of cancer. They're like, that's the worst luck I ever heard. But what they don't, what they don't know is I met Hannah because of cancer. 
I was coaching people when I met Hannah, stage four triple negative breast cancer. So we were hanging out, you know, we were having coffee. We were talking about life and cancer and our kids, single parents and all these things. And over over coffee one day, she's like, who's going to want to date me now? Stage four cancer, you know, pro, um, right. diagnosis and double mastectomy. Who's going to date me? And I'm sitting across from him like, um, I hope I'm on that list, you know? <laughs> so we met because of cancer. It brought yeah. In my life and me into her life and then uh fell in love got married started living hope cancer foundation together um authored three books this this is so funny because i i probably shouldn't say this but i don't even like to read and i helped <laughs> author three books i mean that's that's amazing in itself well you and, have something um, important to share and you're a storyteller yeah, right and they're all tools they're all important mm -hmm. tools to help people through this journey and that's why we did it yeah. um and we started speaking on stage all over the country we did all these things together and those three and a half years um as you can imagine when i met her it was um stage four triple negative breast cancer but stable and we had five months of just this coolest, like, like newlyweds and just yeah. like, just, just love and life. And then her cancer started spreading. And then it was, it was broken bones. It was treatments. It was un unbelievable wheelchairs temporarily. It was all these things. And I learned a lot from Hannah because she was, she was such a tough chick, man. She, mm -hmm. you know, she's the one that said that wheelchair is temporary. And three months later, she's jet skiing in the Colorado river. Amazing. Watching her like this, this girl is, is tough. Is yeah. Tough. Oh, she was beautiful inside and out. She just yeah. was a light for so, so many people. And I'm, yeah so honored that i was able to have met her yeah um, so you know three and a half years of 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 amazing things and some really tough things and uh and like i said the roller coaster ride that she went through with cancer and uh and basically um in november of last year i lost anna and uh she's no longer with us and what I, um, my faith is huge in that part because it's like, you know, without that, I don't know what I would be. Not, if I didn't think she was, you know, not in pain, yeah. she no longer has her port in her chest. She no longer has cancer and she's, she's, she's in the presence of Jesus in heaven. If I didn't have that, then it, it's a little bit of a struggle. So I lean into my faith a lot. Uh, and, and, but um, man, that girl, we made like videos and we did a lot of stuff and all that stuff are still helping people through their cancer journey Absolutely. and inspiring people and i get those emails every day like i'm watching these videos hannah did 16 videos on our website catered towards breast cancer you awesome. know, so that's amazing people can go and watch that yeah. the, the other 40 videos we did together are based on if you're facing any type of cancer to go watch this it's called the cancer roadmap project watch these videos and, and it's going to help you through your day every day and so hannah was a rock star you know she was a tough girl and she was a shining light and uh um unfortunately you know um you know, this is something that we will, we, we could probably do a whole nother podcast on this. Oh yeah. A surgeon actually told me that the cancer is not what took Hannah's life. It was a side effects from treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know yeah. you hear this stuff a lot and you deal yeah. with this stuff a lot. And so it really makes you think and wonder, you know, um, is that treatment that I'm getting, um, is it, is it, is it killing just the cancer or is it killing everything? And, and a lot of times it's killing more than just the cancer. So yeah, it's we, really important to evaluate, you know, 
what you're dealing with, the aggressiveness of what you're dealing with, and then what the treatment is and pair it appropriately for the stage that you're in and and consider your quality of life in there. Be be your be your best advocate. Yes. Be your best advocate. Know and think about it. And as you know, man, when I see somebody and it's like, man, the the the, the radiation is just is doing me in, it might really be doing you in. You might be better off, you know, with some holistic things, some natural things, and some other things going on in your life, maybe besides that treatment, because there are a lot of opportunities and a lot of different um, choices we have out there now. Yeah, and we like to also pair that with, you know, if if treatment is the path of which you take, you know, absolutely adopt some lifestyle changes because it really does have an impact on your quality of life and your longevity and getting out of a wheelchair and getting back onto the the jet ski. That's right. Exactly. I love that. If you would like to learn more about the Radical Remission Healing Factors, join a Radical Remission Workshop to learn how to implement them into your life. You will learn how lifestyle choices such as diet change, increasing positive emotions, empowerment, and more can boost your immune system in scientifically proven ways. Our workshop follows a unique interactive format that encourages sharing and social support. You will create a self-designed one-week, one-month, and six-month action plan that you can begin to implement right away. For many, a Radical Remission workshop is the first step in finding a like-minded, uplifting healing community. The 10 factors of Radical Remission can be used safely by anyone on a healing journey as well as for prevention. These 10 factors will aid you in improving your immune function and have helped many people overcome cancer or other chronic illnesses. Check out RadicalRemission.com to find virtual and in-person workshops as well as other events. Being diagnosed with a serious health challenge can be emotional and overwhelming. At Radical Remission Project, we believe no one needs to face the diagnosis alone. Our certified health coaches work one-on-one or in small groups to support people living with a diagnosis to integrate the 10 healing factors of Radical Remission. Our team of coaches include national board-certified health coaches, doctors, nurses, and other medical practitioners as well as mental health providers. Our coaches meet each person where they are on their healing journey to offer support, accountability, and goal setting in a positive manner. Check out RadicalRemission.com to find your health coach and connect with them to learn more about what it might look like to work together. See the show notes for links to find a coach on RadicalRemission.com. So Chuck, you had your own personal experience, and then you also had this this beautiful love story with Hannah, where you essentially became the caregiver in the situation. Um, how was that different for you, and and what have you gained from that experience? This is interesting because I was just talking to a friend about this last night. I forgot I was the cancer guy. 
Mm. I was her. I was, I was, I was, you know, I was, you know, if if I needed to bring her her toothbrush, you know, get her cleaned up, get her ready, whatever it was. Sometimes it was just little things like cooking dinner, but there was times through surgeries and and, and broken bones and stuff that that she couldn't do much, and I was doing everything, and I was taking, I was, I was, you know, just really. Um, pouring it into her and I kind of forgot that I was the stage four cancer guy. It was, it was amazing how, when you're servicing someone else, how you forget about your own hardships and your own problems. And, right. um, but you know, I, I, I love coaching uh, the caregivers. Um, I give them huge respect. My philosophy is easy. People that love you are going through cancer also. You're mm-hmm. not going Absolutely. through by yourself. Yes. So if you've got a caregiver, I'm the one getting phone calls from a caregiver at 11 o'clock at night after the cancer patient fell asleep and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. They're on the ledge. They're like, right. I need to talk to you. And we talk for 15, 20, 30 minutes and they're like, okay, I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. And so, you know, it's not just the cancer patient going through the, the you know, the cancer. It's everybody that loves them. Yeah, I often say that too for you know, from a client's perspective, you know, we we often people come to us, you know, looking for coaching for the client, but the caregiver, I always say, you know, if you need one-on-one time to have your own opportunity to speak to me, please, you know, reach out because I think supporting the caregiver also supports the client. You know, you want everybody to feel surrounded with support so that they can have the best experience possible. And another another little tidbit to that also is yeah. if if the cancer thriver is getting this these these coaching you know messages from you and 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 like things to do today and and mindset and physical things um what would it be like if if everybody around them that loved them was getting the same advice and now instead of one person going through this struggle and this challenge by themselves if you had a team around you mm-hmm. that completely understand uh cancer and what you're going through and your emotions and and the aches and pains and everything it's yeah. a different it's a different walk Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, what better way to support someone than, you know, walk in their shoes with the lifestyle changes and reap the benefits of getting healthy as well. Just being a, a health seeker, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's funny because when I'm coaching a, a cancer patient about like, say, for example, juicing mm-hmm. and then their, their, their husband or wife or kids or family are sitting around next to them like, we should probably be doing that too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I had a friend that was, was juicing, you know, juicing the kale out of her day. I'll say that. And we all, the whole neighborhood ended up getting, we started paying them $10 for Mason jars of juice and, and her husband would come and deliver juices to all of us. And we oh, all did it. it, you know, it was, and it, you know, made her feel included in put me, put me on that list. I need a yeah. juice delivery. Oh my gosh. It was great. It was great. Uh, it was definitely a, a, a very health filled um, period of time for sure. Um, So I'd love to ask you thinking about um, before the diagnosis and now, what is something that you say would think um, has, has changed you the most or how are you different now than you were before? Um, Without a doubt, just life itself in like the amount of enjoyment people are getting in life. And I was the guy. I had my own business. I was a, a single dad with two boys. And I'm there's I look back and there's years I don't even remember. It was a blur. And because I was so busy, mm-hmm. so busy, so busy. And all of a sudden cancer comes into my life and stops me in my tracks. 
And so this is another important reason why, you know, podcasts like this are so important for the people watching it that are not going through cancer. Take it from somebody who has walked that walk and what it does in your mind. And I'm not kidding you. Um, some of the like most profound things that I I've seen was doing a speaking event for like 500 real estate agents. And afterwards the one girl comes over and she's standing around as I'm talking to people and signing books and hugging people and taking selfies and all the fun stuff that we get <laughs> to do. And she says, I wanted to just talk to you a little bit. She goes, what you were talking about up there as far as how the cancer was a teacher and changed your life. And she says, I have so many things that I had planned with to do with my kids over the last three years that I haven't done. And it's all going to change today. Mm. It's all to change. And yeah. so, and so that's gotta be, it's gotta be why I went through this journey so I can turn around and teach the next person. Um, don't waste today, live in the moment, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, kids, these are seasons. These kids grow up and they're gone. And all of a sudden they're like, mm -hmm. what just happened? Don't right. waste these moments. Don't waste these moments. And if you're and if you don't have kids or you're not married, you can still have an amazing life. I mean, my Absolutely. kids are older now. And you know, I'm single because my wife passed away. But man, do I get up and get busy going after it every day and enjoying life and chasing the, you know, the 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 fun and excitement and adventure out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't help but um it, since you can't see him, I'll let you know Chuck's wearing a hat on right now that has the name of his website, Get Up and Live. And what a perfect way to exemplify that. Everything that you're saying is pointing directly to that. You know, living yeah. in the moment, taking, you know, being aware, being mindful, taking a breath, slowing down. You know, the world around us is a very, very fast paced environment. And culturally, that's just only going to get faster, I feel. Um, yeah. So it's important to take, you know, set boundaries and have our own pace to life and making sure that if you want to spend time with your kids, spend time with your kids. If you wanted to go on that trip, take a week off of work and go on that trip or whatever it is for you that, you know, again, going back to the radical remission factor, strong reasons for living. What is purpose to you? And what is your purpose this year? What is your purpose today? And are you being true to it? And how can you embody that more to look back on this and look at back on this year, day, life and really feel like you you showed up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, we like to ask our guests if they have one piece of advice for someone with a uh, new diagnosis. And I will pass the same question to you. Anything that you would suggest to someone who've, who's just coming, you know, getting the diagnosis and something that you think they need to hear? I would say, you know, um, not that I want to repeat things, but I think it's so important to hear it is that cancer is a situation, not a sentence. Mm -hmm. Cancer is a situation, not a sentence. If you look at it like it's a sentence, psh, you know, you're going to stay in bed. You're going to, you're going to pull the covers up on your face. I mean, it's, 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 it's tough to see people that are living so much in fear that it's become a sentence. It's a situation. How are you going to handle it? And in that situation, look at all the options out there. Look at all, look, get, get with the Liz's and the teachers and the coaches and, and, and learn what you can do 
um, your medical plan should be one of the plans and your personal plan should be the other part mm, of the plan. Good advice. And the other part of the plan is 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 the all the personal fight stuff that we're talking about right now and how important is this part of the plan when, for example, your medical plan doesn't go the way that they 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 you know say they want it to go, you get a scan and it's worse, and you're freaking out. Well, if you don't have a personal plan and your medical plan goes south, you're in trouble. So yeah. you got to get the personal plan gone, and it's got to be it's got it it teaches you the options, and and like I said, you know the Liz's out there and the organizations that are teaching us these things are huge these days, and 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 I love that I love that social media is making us more educated. Yes, yeah. Speaking of social media, um, Chuck has a, a a big social media presence. If you haven't happened upon him, you will after today. Um, why don't you go ahead and let us know where people can connect with you and learn more about you know share a little bit about your books and your website and what people can can do to connect with you. Well, like I said, me and Hannah started Living Hope Cancer Foundation, and um, we started it just thinking, hey, if we can help some people through their day, um, you know, help a few cancer patients and some caregivers, then that's going to be really, really amazing. We had no idea what was getting ready to happen. Mm -hmm. And what what happened was um, Living Hope Cancer Foundation, and Hannah was the first one that said, get up and live. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking to a patient. She says, tell them to get up and live. They got to get out of bed. They got to get moving. And I said it, and 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 we we did we did uh, capture it in uh, an attorney with an attorney, and we own Get Up and Live now, and and getupandlive.org is the website where you can go and find all these the real amazing videos and everything. Um, and what happened was what we didn't know was it was going to just blow up. And I mean, not not only just around the not around the country, even around the world. I mean, mm -hmm. we're getting if you're if you've got stuff on social media, there's no boundaries. And if you get a call from Australia, India, Ireland, you know, uh, every, anywhere in the world, and these are the calls that are coming into us now, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So, um, like Facebook, you've got it's 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 kind of wild because it grew too fast. We didn't really you know have a <laughs> on what was going to happen. So there's a Living Hope Cancer Foundation page, and there's also a Chuck Keels page. Um, and and uh, for this is another good example of how fast it grew. I went on TikTok and because I got advice like, hey, this is growing. You need to check this out. So I go on TikTok, but it's just under Chuck Keels. And I started TikTok and now there's 30,000 followers on TikTok watching my journey through this cancer and coaching people. Um, that's just unbelievable. Instagram, you can go to Living Hope Cancer Foundation. YouTube, you can go to Living Hope Cancer Foundation. And um, it's just, um, it's it's to me, I had a landscaping business for 20 years and I paid big bucks for marketing. I love social media. I love free marketing. I love sharing my story based on just the simple fact that it may help somebody else out there that's going through the same thing right now. Um, so uh, social media has been just an absolute uh, fun thing for a guy like me with a big mouth and has a lot to say. <laughs> well, also, you know, you're you're very organically just sharing your life's story verbally. You know, maybe it's not outlined in a biography novel, um, but it's it's out there for people to see, to feel, to, you know, almost really get a, a true sense of you and your story and, and Hannah and the organizations. And um, I love that you're going to make sure that we'll put in the show notes, all the different links to all the different social ways, social media ways to connect with, with Chuck and living hope cancer foundation for sure. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, it's, you know, we've, we've been, we've been throwing things back and forth for a couple of years now and um, we know the importance. I wish there was a million cancer coaches out there yeah. because cancer is such a wild animal and it seems like it's just outrunning the medical industry. So, you know, I wish there was a million more of us out there doing what we're doing and maybe someday we'll, you know, it'll be a lot more out there, but you know, what we're going to do is we're going to take these lessons that we're learning and then we're going to turn around and we're going to teach as many people as we can to help them through their journey as well. And maybe Absolutely. one day there'll be a uh, a magic pill or magic bullet, you know, and can cure cancer. But until then, man, we all we all have to balance, you know, stick together. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I encourage everyone to check out all of the ways to connect with Chuck and his organization and read his books and and watch the videos on his website. Really great, great content, great information. And obviously, as you've heard, great guy, uh, really compassionate and and passionate about living. So thank you so much for being here. And um, what a joy for me to to be able to have you on the podcast and and uh, it's been it's been fun to to be able to connect with you again in this way. Um, and we'll see where we end up together next. It's great to hang out with you again. It's good to see you. Thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And thank you for listening to the Radical Remission Project Stories That Heal podcast. Once again, I'm Kelly A. Turner, PhD, cancer researcher and founder of the Radical Remission Project. If you found today's episode inspiring, we encourage you to share it with anyone you think would benefit. If you'd like more information about the Radical Remission Project, or would like some support bringing the 10 Radical Remission Healing Factors into your own life, visit us at RadicalRemission.com to find a certified Radical Remission Health Coach or to learn about an upcoming Radical Remission Workshop. And if you'd like to connect with Liz or Carla directly for health coaching, you can visit RadicalRemission.com forward slash about us. Most importantly, be sure to like, share, and please, please, please review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews are what allow us to keep finding sponsors and sponsors are what allow us to keep bringing you these podcasts. So thank you in advance for your reviews. One last thing. Would you like to be on our podcast? If you're a radical remission survivor who's been in remission for at least three years, meaning that you either have stable or dormant disease, or perhaps even no evidence of disease, you can contact us at radicalremission.com forward slash podcast. The Stories That Heal podcast is a production of the Radical Remission Project and Cat Productions, hosted by Liz Curran and Carla Mans Giroux, produced by Ryan Giroux. Music by Batchbug. Follow the stories that heal wherever you get your podcasts.